You're listening to In Your Face because life demands hard conversations. Watch on YouTube at I Am Tassian and stream on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Hey friends, happy Sunday. I'm so excited to be back. This episode just about marks our halfway point of our first season. And today, these amazing women that we're gonna talk to have been trailblazers in their fields and in my city of Oakland, California. When I first transitioned into the private sector, I dealt with a host of emotions, but it's women like Jackie Ray and Sarah who really served as bridges over troubled water for me. When you hear this amazing conversation, the challenges they face, the hilarious adversity, and their in-your-face realness, you will understand why. So get ready for this amazing episode, You Are a Badass. You about to understand why they are badasses. Enjoy. And both of you guys are badasses in corporate. And so I really wanted to talk about that, like how bad and bougie in your own way and you definitely are queen bougie and bella is a clear example of all the bougie that exists but yeah i kind of just want to talk to you guys about like how you got into the road that you are in now what made you kind of go that direction and yeah and as like two women a woman of color in a you know high level positions i think it's just super dope and amazing and for me it's like inspiring to let me know that I can like get there too. Yeah, I can talk about. I probably am like of the group like the newest uh, to Oakland and kind of Bay Area even if it's been like a decade. It's like you've been here for a minute. Yeah, yeah. I moved out here in 12 but I feel like you know, even in my own company uh, you'll meet people who have been there for decades. So it's the same as when I meet people in Oakland or like the Bay Area. A lot of people born here, they went to school here reasons that brought them and so I didn't come until in my 30s which is kind of a different time I think to enter the bay and specifically Oakland it was a unique time to come into Oakland identity but I moved out here actually for a job Tassian's current um job she's expanded <laughs> it it's like much it's like she's done so much more than I had done and um, it's really commendable, like what you're doing in So I'd love to still see it, even I'm in the area. You should totally come do a tour. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still remember giving them. I left the boots <laughs> behind. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I moved from DC, and I, I'm originally from Oregon, Eastern Oregon, uh, and I grew up on a farm. My dad did cat uh, like cash crop farms, like wheat and um, potatoes, watermelon, is the big thing, um, and then a small livestock farm. Uh, bottle feeders calves and but I uh not many people in my town go to college and we're not really school-wise I think expected or kind of groomed to go to school but I had was really fortunate to have parents and my dad was a farmer and always said as a woman to be financially independent it's important to go beyond high school it's vocational um and it's actually gonna do hair and I still love and I kind of wish it's something I'd get to hair uh, but I got into Oregon really early and I went and it kind of just changed the whole trajectory of my life. I got into a sorority really early, did student government. Sorority girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I ended up being panel and president and center president, which is not oh, true. Wow. Most people yeah. that be overachieve. Uh, but I also <laughs> felt like I kind of had to overachieve and it kind of leads into, I think, what we're going to talk about in the corporate environment and specifically doing government affairs. Like, I wasn't born into connections. But I still had to go to college where not many people were at when I knew. And even in that, 
going into the Greek system, getting those leadership positions, my story kind of expected that. So I did corporate PR, which was my degree, and learned that I didn't like it, which was a concern because I had paid for my college. And so all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, man, I just spent all this money to pay my way through school and for four years. And then about two months, I realized that I did not enjoy the degree that I had got. But it was like, uh, now what do I do? I thought I wanted to be a TV anchor. And so I focused that count on like television production. And then I did my internship between my first and second year at KTVU. Uh And was like, I hate this shit. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going into my second year. And I don't know what I'm going to do now because I don't want to do TV. It was so boring. It was just like very robotic. I got a long way to go. Even now, I feel like I'm only halfway through my career. I still have like so much more to go. And uh, so somebody that I, at the PR firm that I was working at, was working on a presidential campaign, Carrie's campaign. So I started doing that at night on the weekend. That kind of evolved. I went to the Hill for a couple of years um, and then started lobbying off the Hill after a few years for the domestic textile industry. So we represent domestic yarns and fabric makers. Um, from there, I worked a lot with a lot of other domestic manufacturing, so steel, tires, rubber, uh, and then obviously moved on to Schnitzer Steel. Again, steel making, recycling. Yeah. <laughs> and, and through that, I met really amazing leaders at Clorox, um, just through Oakland and kind of the Bay Area organizations. So when I moved over to Clorox, I mean, Kind of asked me, I kind of I piece all those connections together, and Isaiah kind of goes back to growing up on a farm and being around a lot of people who physically make things. That I have been fortunate to work for entities that physically create something like yarns and fabrics, recycling, making the steel. Even with Clorox, the majority of our products are made domestically. And so my story is a little bit sort of opposite of yours, Jackie, and that. Um, well, you know, I have a great relationship with my dad, you know, love him to death, he loves me. Uh, but growing up just in a, in a Latino household, when I was going to go to college, I was the first in my family to go to college. And I remember him saying, like, what are you doing? And I go, we go to college. And he's like, why? Like, what do you mean, why? Because, you know, my mom was 14 years old. She got pregnant with me and had me at 15. And sad to say, but the reality, like, my goals were sort of always to not be her, mm-hmm. right? not be like her, and to break through that cycle of poverty and, you know, growing up in East Oakland. And I just remember him saying, like, well, no, you need to find a husband, right? You need to, like, just get married and have some babies, and you don't need to go to college. Like, you're wasting money. And I'm like, well, we're four. Like, I'm not wasting money. He's like, well, you're wasting the states with me. And I'm like, okay. Um, so I did go to college. Um, Larry Reed was a council member in Oakland. There were race riots going on at my high school and he came to the school and anyone who knows me will not be surprised. And I think a lot of people know the story, like I was a bit of a smart ass. He like was making all kinds of promises and he was gonna come back and do this thing. And I'm like, you're not gonna do anything. Like as soon as the cameras are gone, you're gonna be gone. And he was like, what? Like, who is this? Who is this little girl talking to me like that? So he like showed up at the school and you know was doing things to get the black and Latino students together and um, offered me an internship when I graduated from high school and I showed up the Monday after graduation and the whole trajectory of my life completely changed. I really thought I was gonna go back into like the work world because I love the flexibility of just being on my own. I know I had you know the pandemic hit. Uh, my baby had just turned one. 
it was actually, you know, the timing in terms of the pandemic was sort of great for us because then I got the opportunity to just spend that time with her. And I don't know, the stars aligned. The timing was just right. Yeah. And the opportunity came up. So I was, I, you know, I applied for the job and got it. And I'm actually really enjoying, surprisingly, being in the corporate world. And when I think what you said about like having that mentor, because I do think it's key specifically for people going into something that's really new, mm-hmm. right? Like if you don't have that, if you don't have the connection mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe your parents are like lawyers or doctors and understand that path to like higher level of professions, mm-hmm. it's a really difficult process. And politically, <laughs> the whole nother, like my mentor, when I was an internship was like, came to our wedding in Bulgaria. Like, I am still very close with many mentors over the like course of my career. And those were the people who I think open your eyes to other things that you would not normally think of. It's like, how would you ever think at 17, 18? Yeah. Like what a career could look like now. I mean, my, my, I think if somebody looked at my resume, they would be like, what the hell is she doing? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I mean, I started in as a reporter yeah. and then from a reporter went into my prior my own person only elected official that i'll ever work for her communications manager was leaving and because we had worked together while i was a reporter was like i think you would be amazing for this position i was like no i wouldn't i don't know anything about i knew politics i grew up in politics my mom worked for the city worked for a few uh council people but i just also was like i don't want i remember sleeping in city hall like they used to call me the city hall child because i was there for so many meetings but when, the, when she comes like I don't think I can but I mean I do know all the electeds I yeah. do know the community and so she was like that's all you need and that led me I believe like shout out Kath, Kathleen Jolly that was her name at the time she's married now her husband is like I think the president of Thurgood Marshall University oh, okay. um, but she saw that in me and that actually changed my trajectory and so as I said in another episode we did a gun violence town hall and a young man I had really worked hard to recruit did it and eight months after that town hall he was shot and killed and it changed my life like I could not I was like I can't keep doing this because I don't feel like I have impact I can have like I can still do high level work but I was like for ground level impact Mm -hmm. and for me that meant like I can sit at the table with the big people that I need to have these conversations with but I need to have a budget to actually make investments to impact in our community which led me into the private sector because that's the only way you're gonna be able to do I remember my pastor used to always say like it's not a b c d you may be at a you may jump to z go to j and then get to b Mm -hmm. but all of those connections like make sense so I totally get it and I understand it. And so, yeah. well, you said like working for like corporations, I think yeah. people have a perception about who works for corporations. Yeah. yeah. I think even listening to your story and like it's also makes you very good at your job is coming from a lot of different lived experiences and different audiences of people and understanding that people have different views and opinions on why they think that way. And I always say like if you want something to change, like you also have to be on the inside. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think different voices need to be in. NGOs, companies, like you can't just have like an echo chamber. And I think you're like a prime example of you have such a unique lived experience. And I don't think people would think that if they just saw who you work for, what your title is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's great to like be involved and then like more people both in those organizations and elsewhere to see see the unique perspectives that are inside of. I mean, I think the other thing about particularly large companies, right, is people assume that they're not intentional about 
upbringing of like us to learn and they are very right? yeah. and they are very intentional, very intentional about trying to make sure that their um, you know that their employees reflect yeah. the communities that they're serving because you have to have those different perspectives at the table and even before I came to the corporate world, like you have those same perceptions and then being internal and then realizing like how intentional they are to give opportunities and just to make sure that all those different voices are there. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I always never wanted to work in corporate, but I know the one reason that made me go to the company I have now is because my, our CEO is a woman. Yeah. And I just mm-hmm. thought like that is so badass yeah. because this, you know, the industry is very male dominated. Yeah. I think we all have female CEOs. Oh, wow. yeah. 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 I just thought that because yes. ours came in the pandemic, but yeah. you also have a yeah. 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 But that made me. That's what made me go to the company. I was yeah. just like, "Your woman, your CEO, the woman." Mm-hmm. And then when I met her, and she's like, "Serious way," but she is a beast. Yeah. And I just like, I love that, and I think that that's so important because diversity isn't just color. It's also gender. Mm-hmm. It's so many other things. Yeah. And that to me was just like something. I was like, I want to learn from her. Mm-hmm. I want to like connect with her. And I mean, it naturally yeah. happened. And it's like, like the diversity matters for sure. But what we do with it, right? Like, right. I feel like we're given a gift being women in a corporate world. And we had mentors who helped yes. us to get yeah. where we are. For me, I'm always very intentional about doing that for others, particularly yeah. women of color. Uh, whether it's in my volunteer nonprofit work or at work, just mentoring folks and providing support so that there's space at the table for them. And once they get to the table, they can actually thrive, right? Because that's the thing is being able to thrive in these environments because sometimes they're really high stress and there's a lot going on, but you have to like help other folks get to where you that's why I love Jackie. Because <laughs> when I got to my company, I was like, I don't know her, but I hear her name all the time. And then I started on chamber meetings. Yeah. And I literally just sent her an email. And the fact that you were just so open and so welcoming in your exit document was so amazing. <laughs> it was so easy to like transition yeah, to yeah. my role because even though she hadn't been there, I think like five years by then, yeah. Yeah. it was oh. still just like, very like it still was so spot on yeah. it served as a great foundation and then her just being so open when i reached out like she could have been such a diva <laughs> yeah you're deep regardless but <laughs> you could have been and i just yeah, always yeah. valued that and appreciated that and i just loved you from day one i was like yep she's gonna be my mentor she doesn't know it yet but <laughs> i'm latching on to her and i'm not letting yeah. it go <laughs> right like i think making it easier for people and i think in our world like people can be really territorial yes and very transactional yeah and it's like Whew. i just like to be around people like people that i meet and it's like i and it is hard sometimes to take it from a professional side to a friendship yeah. side, but me helping somebody doesn't mean that I'm asking for something back. It just means that, like, I want somebody else to do well, and I think there is enough work and opportunities to go for around everyone. for everybody. And I don't know why we act like there isn't. It's like somebody said one thing, and it made me think of another person I met. I just want to be able to help people the same way I feel like I've been helped along the way. Yeah. Um, and it goes back to, like, not having that network and connections and being born into that kind of world that's like well, why wouldn't we just make it easier so more people can come into it and do well and I, I think you said something that's so key it's like I like not thinking in a space of lack but thinking in a space of abundance yeah. which is yeah. why you don't have to hoard 
or do all these yeah. territorial things to try to undermine someone else. And like the relationship doesn't have to be transactional. Someone right. said to me, what I was you're working in politics. It's transact. I'm like, like you don't know. Some like, interactions may be based yeah. on a transaction. Why can't you? And there are those people. Because it's like it's just like it's not necessary. We don't have to be best of friends, but I always feel like there's humanity between us and we're community. I know there's probably gonna be an act, but there's still a level of relationship here where I feel respected and not used in the process. It's a small world, right? Like the world that we work in is really small. And you just Right? And, and especially is, in this world, I've yeah. learned like people have been extremely rude and disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And then a month later, you're calling to ask me to make a donation to your yeah right to your project. And so, and then that's where it takes a lot of grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, like I'm not gonna be small like you. Right. I'm yeah. going to have to, like when Michelle say, when they go low, you go high. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm more like Eric Mays. When they go low, I'm taking the L. <laughs> but <laughs> that in these moments you can't because just as I'm saying that to them, yeah. there may yeah. come a time around where I need kind to a different actually way. come and knock on and your door or have a conversation like or have a meeting get into it. and I need but I need to be better. New so people that come I'm into the field like that it also will help change. How a lot of times that you will begin like women, to yeah, interact yeah, and yeah, engage yeah, and not like have a tendency to stay in our lane. Right. Yes. I think yeah. those are our lanes. Right. right. It's okay for us to claim them. Right. And I do want to put out some tricky. I actually feel like I've known you guys about the same time. Really? It hasn't been like, been like that long. No. Yeah, okay, I met the first time. No, it was 2019 because it was that holiday feeding. That, that was 2018 because she was born in February 2019. Okay, so it was 2018. It's <laughs> yeah, not yeah. that a long. A little bit longer. A little bit longer. A couple years. But the yeah. was clearly tension because she was not. <laughs> I, felt, I felt no tension. It was your tension. It she was, was mean to me. I was trying. And I gave her yeah. grace because I was like, maybe it's the pregnancy hormone. Right? I was just like, if she had a little one, then I wouldn't right. know. I'm a ball of sunshine. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, you're a bulldog. <laughs> you're an absolute bulldog. Bulldog. Five two. What are you? Like five two? Yes. No, you're five one. No, I'm five one and a half. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. Looking back, like what are some things that you would tell your younger self? Like knowing where you are now, yeah. like, what are some things you would tell your younger self? Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a I don't even know if it's like advice. It's just, I never thought I would be here. I don't mean that in a good or bad way. It's just, it's been an amazing ride. And I think being open to where it took me, I'm such a more, I'm definitely more like rigid. And I think that's more of a control thing of being afraid of kind of what's in front of you. And I think if you don't really, I mean, I could move home if I needed to, but it's not like you have a place to like go and so there is a little bit of that fear of like I don't want to fail and I think sometimes that can lead you to not take that opportunity to like not not try for the job yeah not be afraid of moving like I went to Eugene didn't know that many people I went to DC and didn't know anybody but I met my 
permits on Craigslist. Even moving here, I didn't I didn't have any friends here when I moved here, and I I think that it, it taught me a lot about myself, but it also gave me a lot of confidence to know like I can start over and I can make like really good friends and I can have a successful career. It's I don't have to be as afraid as I think I would have been. I wish you. Yeah. I mean, I think going back, if I can talk to my younger self, I would definitely say it gets better, right? Like life gets better. I mean, sometimes I just want to pinch myself because I'm so blessed and I just can't believe like coming from where I come, came from, right? Growing up in poverty, like literally getting food at the food bank or from the church. And uh, it's interesting, like shoes are a really weird thing for me because I never had like new shoes, right? And if I did, they were like, okay, let's hang a last long. So like I, I have like an abundance of shoes. I know it's so weird <laughs> and like the little things that yeah. you have yeah. to. But I think I would tell my younger self that uh, it's gonna get better and to like say yes and take the opportunities and trust the people. Yeah around you who are like putting their hand out for you to like come along right because just mm-hmm. when you grow up that way it's hard to trust people and even today i feel like i still i hold a little bit of that which is why i don't have a big circle but just saying like trust the people it's going to get better things are going to be okay just work with really me hard yeah. yeah that's actually good because i feel like i'm in this middle yeah. phase in my life right now where i'm like i don't know what i'm doing i don't know where i'm going i mean Things are going great. I have no complaints. And I, I heard a thing on Instagram where it was like, you are where you pray for, like, years ago. Like, right now you're living. And I was like, that is so true. Like, I prayed to be in this space where I'm at now. And I need to, like, take time to, like, really appreciate that and honor that. But I also am, like, scared as shit. Like, not knowing, like, thinking about where I can be in, like, five years. Knowing I have goals that I want to reach. But also I'm just not sure what life is going to bring and, like, is the trajectory going to change? Mm-hmm. Are things going to pop up that stop me? Um, but, like, just trying to trust the process. So, no, that is, I take that. Like what both of you guys said, yeah, I'm learning to trust the process. I've said it, but now I'm starting to put it into action, which is scary because it's a control thing. It yeah. is, yeah. And I think, like, we talked before about having women and other people around us. I think that also helps because I think the challenge is that we have to be different and having people that you can talk to and like bounce ideas on that, but also want you to succeed, right? They are not cutting you or talking about you behind your back. Like they, they truly want you to do well and are just there to try and help you get there. And I think if it's a small circle or a big circle of that, I think that protects you from the challenges that we face. Because I think you're right. Like nobody knows what's yeah. going to happen. And nobody's on the path and that's uneasy, but there is something about having people around you that believe in you for the days you don't believe in yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really had to reevaluate my circle and just really look at like, who do I have around me? Who's really like, not just supporting me because I've always gotten a lot of support from the people that are around me, even if they were hating underneath, <laughs> they've always showed up to support. Yeah. Um, but I want people that are like inspiring me, yeah. like who are actually like, understand the vision understand the direction we're going and actually inspiring me to be better and it has just been a very lonely and isolating road but i think you have to go through this at some point to like get to like where you want to go so i'm always thankful for you guys you both inspire me and you're my booze and i like think about you guys when i'm in those tough moments like me and jackie went to an amazing restaurant you step your game up um <laughs>
We went to a fly restaurant on Piedmont Ave. Was it Wolf? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It was so good. I actually could have said that was my favorite restaurant at that last meeting because it was, it was in Oakland. Yeah, it was very good. But just having those moments where I can reach out, like let's go to let's go to lunch or let's go to dinner and like just yeah. do it, you yeah. know. And you know, I mean, I spend more time talking to Bella than I do Sarah because you know i'm trying to keep that love that is very fleeting. <laughs> yeah kids are fickle like that. they are yeah yeah you know, kid, there are kids that are fickle and then there's bella hey someday she doesn't love me <laughs> i know effing mommy <laughs> but i want to thank you guys for chatting with me i love you guys so much you guys are fly and badasses and just continue to break barriers indoors as women in the corporate space which is very difficult and challenging at times but i know both of you hold it down you guys are my heroes thanks for having us you're listening to in your face because life demands hard conversations watch on youtube at i am tassian and stream on apple and spotify podcasts 